All right. Well, good evening, everybody. It is a perfect day for the Jimmy Palumbo Show. That's right. Show number 64. Um, and, of course, uh, I am wearing a suit. And um, that's because I decided that now that I'm a year older and I'm 57 now to be a little bit more distinguished, maybe I'll be taken more seriously by the, um, the members of the media. I am coming to you live from downtown Wyckoff at Undefeated Media Studios via, of course, the Chop Sports Studios. That's right. I uh, Show number 64. And, of course, I've got my partner in crime behind the multiple glasses that I have, Mr. Chris Gucci. What's up, Chris? How are we doing? I'm doing well. Fresh off of a birthday uh, Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Suffering a I little bit. Just a little bit, but I'm coming around. Okay. Me and Chris, of course, shared birthdays. Uh, he's a child. He turned 40, and I, of course, turned 57. Um, and this is show number 64. Um, and uh, I'll get into why I'm wearing a suit in a second, um, in a little bit anyway. But my show number 64, the Jimmy Palumbo Show, has to be clearly on everyone's mind. Number 64 for the New York Giants, John Mendenhall. Now, John Mendenhall played for the Giants from 1972 to 1979. Okay. I think in those years, the Giants won six games. And they had, this is pre-Lawrence Taylor. This is uh, during the fumble, all that different awfulness. And he was a defensive end. He was a great player. He had 12 sacks in 14 games in 77. Um, really good player. Him, Van Pelt, and Harry Carson were part of the very good. The Giants would lose games 6-3, 10-7. Even when they played the Cowboys, who were awesome. The games were usually close, and he was uh, just a great player. He passed away last year, and I uh, was always a big favorite of my brothers as well as me when I was a little kid, a very little kid. He was one of the cool names. John Mendenhall, he sounded like, I don't know, the word men was in his name, Mendenhall. <laughs> so, now, I could have gone with Jim Burt, who was another uh, great D-line on the Giants and the 86 team and all that, but I decided to go with uh, you know, John Mendenhall, old school. I was a little kid. Um and he was a very, very good player. And had he uh, had he played on really good Giants, old friends there, John Mendenhall. Now, Chris, I'm I'm almost pretty certain who you're going to go with, but I'll let the um, I'll let you uh, give everyone yeah, your there's certain, there's certain numbers that, like you, you don't really have to research. I've been waiting on 64 for a while, not because it's you know that special to me, even though it is. My father's a Packer fan. I'm a Packer fan because of my father. My dad yep. played offensive line. So when he grew up, his favorite player was number 64, Jerry Kramer, guard for the Packers. Obviously, you know the famous play with the ice bowl. But the thing that stands yep. out to me most about Jerry Kramer's career and then thereafter was – he was the very final player of the all NFL 50th anniversary team. So they had 22 guys named to that roster and it was, you know, a player from every position and 49 out of 50 guys were elected to the hall of fame. And that stood that way for about 25 years until finally last season, Jerry Kramer was inducted to complete the 50 and what took so long, really? I mean, the guy that won five championships, the first two Super Bowls, had like the most pivotal play in arguably NFL history at the time. It definitely was, um, where he had the wedge okay, block. Okay, I do get the feeling if it wasn't a Packer and it wasn't your dad's favorite player, and I said to you, dude, you got to put Kramer in the Hall of Fame, you would counter with, uh, he was not that it, big here, he wasn't that it's, good it's there. Impossible, like, it's impossible to counter it. The only argument that you have to, to make that Jerry Kramer belonged in the Hall of Fame is like the minute somebody says, well, there's 50 guys on the all-50th roster, 
all NFL team and 49er in the Hall of Fame, he's not. I mean, clearly he belongs in. He finally got in. So we could, yes, to me, he's a famous Packer. I mean, really, yes, I'm about to say something stupid. Um, He, I mean, outside of, you know, Lombardi and Bart Starr, <laughs> to me, Kramer's three. Yeah, right? the power I mean, sweep. They had Fuzzy Thurston. They had a good yeah, offensive so, line. If you can name five got three guys from an offensive line that played seventy years ago, fifty years ago, then you know that was a good my line. Favorite, but my go favorite myth. My favorite myth or story about Kramer and the Packer uh, offensive line, which was told to me by my uncle Dennis. I don't know how true it is. Supposedly the Giants. It was a couple of years ago. Giants weren't any good in the sixties. There, like the Packer line. They used to to just to 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 mess with the Giants. They would tell them what the play is, like the center and the right guard, and would say, "We're running." Like and 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 the players, after a while, they still couldn't stop it. And it was like they say that was more demoralizing than actually. Like if you know what a play is coming and they're not lying, and after the whole game, you're like, "God, they told us every play." And it's like the second time in a row that they told you, and they actually ran it. And it's the third time, and they tell you again, and you're like, "Damn." Again, and now, you know it's going to work. That, to me, sounds like NFL films, old men talking about a fireplace. I don't know how true that is, but I tend to love those stories. So it's well, just that was like the uh, thing that if you hear old footage on NFL films with Lombardi coaching, he was saying that to them. He would say, it doesn't matter if they know if we execute. I know, but like if when you actually, if you're lining up on a cold day, you're just like, dude, we're running right, right off tackle, right above me. Can't stop it. That's just abusive. I always love that stuff. That's like the other famous myth. myth. What's another one I love? That uh, Jim Brown was never thrown for a loss. That's another great one. And uh, with, uh, there's one with Wade Boggs. Only Wade, Wade Boggs, Boggs only drank swung and five times. He drank two that one? packs on a cross country flight and went four for four or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> he, he only swung and missed five times in one season. Think about how funny that is. Um, Wade Boggs, so John, that Wade Boggs. Yeah. <laughs> I just love those old myths. And I, I, you know what? I'm at the age now where I just say, you know what? Screw it. They're true. Um, but anyway, show number 64, John Mendenhall with a side note to Jim Bird, of course, and uh, Jerry Kramer. And that's how that one goes. Now, this is show number 64. And, of course, it's now time for our Jimmy's weight situation. Now, uh, of course, um, Absolute Eyewear, one of the premier sponsors here at Chop Sports, uh, they sponsor my weight situation. And they are Absolute Eyewear, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937. It's owned by Craig and Janine Michaud. Up. Optical eyewear place of the stars. They're a brother and sister. There, it's a great place. Full service optical joint. They got prescription eyewear, prescription sunglasses. They got prescription safety glasses, glasses for the kids. You got eye exams over there, contacts. Ladies and gentlemen, the brands that are at Absolute Eyewear are Oakley, Ray Ban, Coach, Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Chu. Silhouette, Michael Cause, Vogue, Maui Jim, and Costa Del Mar. And <laughs> I just love doing Bob Shepard. Um, $100 off complete pair when you mention me. Um, they've been in business for like 17 years now. And Chris, they're closed on Wednesday. Why? That's softball day, obviously. And they're closed on Sunday. Something about football Sundays. Yes. Yes, this is Jim Gordon alongside Dick Lynch. Football Giants are on the air. And my 
Uh, I've established a new phrase for them. When you leave there, you don't feel like a jerk off. Um, I believe that. So go check them out. And they sponsor my weight thing, which I actually had. I had some serious soul searching going on, Chris, this week. I, I had my big goal of under 200 by April 1st. Okay. That was a championship out. And I got in under 200. I had a good show at Avenel, downtown Avenel. And then I decided, like a jerk off, to open my mouth and say I'll be at 195 by the time my birthday came. So I was um, I was at 199.9 uh, last Monday, eight days ago. But I actually did your show on Thursday, the day of my birthday. And I fell short at 196.9. I was a little bummed about that. Started a little too late. I was still losing weight, though. I lost about 20 pounds so far during this extravaganza. I did get a, a late night text on our birthday talking about something about a, a ribeye steak. So I'm imagining well, that you're yes. at one. What happened is, though, I, I, I ended up going for a steak dinner for my birthday. And I, I literally, I got a steak the size of Warren Park in Woodbridge. Um, this was just, uh, uh, you know, an enormous steak. I didn't get potato. I literally got like broccoli and and a, 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 the biggest piece of steak that should actually this piece of, you know, in New York, they have those deals where you can't buy sodas that are like 85 ounces. This steak shouldn't be sold. It just shouldn't it was be like sold. the great. Out, was, you ever see the movie with John Candy, the great outdoors where they had to eat this no. steak and you never saw that movie. Uh, it's been a while. I remember what came out, but well, anyway, big steak. Well, it, this steak just shouldn't. I mean, yeah, it, 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 it was inhuman. And of course I was hungry because I had been dieting and it was my birthday. So I had a couple of little martini to open up the bidding. Then I switched to wine and I, um, I consumed, there was literally, I was nibbling at the bone. I ate this whole thing. I couldn't move afterwards. Then of course I had a bourbon to, to, you know, to settle your stomach afterwards. And then, um, uh, Friday night, I ended up going to a party. Okay. And last few times I've been at events, I've been okay. I got to this party. It was a nice, nice, nice affair, as they say, with my pickleball people and a beautiful house. But there was food around. And I was, I started off, I had the shrimp cocktail and the shrimp was out. I probably had 15 of those. And then they put out, you know, those little things, they look like little mini sandwiches. And I got like mozzarella and tomato and all kinds of bullshit. And they give like down a little pack. It looks like a Jenga thing. That didn't work out so well for me. I was shoveling those down my throat. And then we ate pulled pork, which my buddy Dave DeLisi made. And uh, I'm eating that. And then they brought these like Schwiedel things. They call them um, lobsters, even though they're like, uh, it's like a pastry with this cream in it. Uh, I'm going to bring you lobster one. Tails. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh, I don't want to have that. But of course, 10 seconds in, I'm devouring it. So I had a brutal brutal Thursday and Friday in terms of my diet. So I knew. And then Saturday, I I, I was started out not eating so well to start the day. And then I said to myself, Jimmy, what are you going to maybe just stop this weight thing? You're putting too much pressure on yourself. You got to live your life. And then I decided, nope, nope. I have a 13 year old daughter. I know I got to cut down a little bit. And so I played pickleball. I started going on some long walks. A little, I, you know, I got back in the ring a little bit. You know what I mean? Started uh started getting going. So even though I was 196.9 on Thursday, I came in at sadly 
200 pounds even. Now, the only reason why I'm going to spin this is because I think on Saturday afternoon, I think I might have been 205. I swear to God, I was just like, I ballooned up. Um, but I'm back now, back off the schneid. And uh, I'm not going to, I'm not, this time I decided not to set any goals for now. Um, I was going to maybe say 194 by 4th of July, but that's only four weeks away. It's possible. Maybe I should set it. You know what? Maybe I should. What do you think? Make a 194 by 4th of July weekend? Why don't we just stick with 195, something that you already haven't achieved? So once you achieve 195, then okay. you set the new goal at 194 and then All so right. on. But let's get to okay. 195 first, get you cleared yeah, for this well, championship bout that okay. we had to push Absolutely. off a couple we'll weeks. Make it, we'll make it 195. And then after that, the next goal will be another five pounds, 190, but we'll set a date where it's possible. Um, so that's it. So that's Fat Boy Slim. So technically in a week, I, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't gain all that much, three pounds, but um, that's how this one goes. So no, actually I was 199.9. So really I only, in a week, in eight days, I only gained like a point. Did you a really? Tenth of a pound. Did you really just say, oh, 200, actually 199.9 and try and give yourself credit for the 0.1 pound? That's like four, that's like two ounces. I did. I did. I did. Come on. Matter of fact, if I take a sip of this coffee, that's literally a shot of water. It's like, there you go. Two hundred. Yeah, you know what? Now I have 200. to find my own. I have to. I have to find my own fun. Um, you know what? That's the whole problem with today's world. You know what? I gotta be honest with you. Everybody knows it was a huge game yesterday, uh, Ranger game. But I, I just find I just find everything so depressing lately. I really am. It's starting to bum me out. Between that awful shooting last week, which I got a daughter in middle school. I just can't imagine being outside of a school. I'm not going to get political. I'm not going to talk about gun laws. I don't know anything. All I know is, uh, uh, as my father used to say, there's something wrong over there. Uh, there's some, Whatever we're doing with that, it, it's not going well. Uh, just a terrible, terrible, sad thing. I, I pray, obviously, I pray for the families. I also pray for the people that didn't die and had to watch that. And I pray for the law enforcement who... Probably 99.9% of law enforcement are good guys. I don't know if they screwed up, but if they they feel guilt, that's going to go on. Like, just what a mess. And um, it's terribly sad. And um, and then, you, you know, you have the COVID news and people are still getting COVID and then the economy shitty and everything is shitty. So what we do as assholes is we cling to our sports teams, okay? And so there I am. I'm, I'm watching the Yankees over the weekend. It started off good. They won the first two. Then the Yankees have the best record in baseball and they lose two games to Tampa Bay. And I'm like, I was like, I was angry. Like we suck now. And, um, and I'm thinking to myself, Jimmy, what are you doing? You're like, if the Yankees had swept the Tevil race, that would have made me happy. It's, you know, what I'm talking about Chris, when you, the minute you put all your enjoyment in our stupid ass sports loving thing, that's absurd. And of course, and then what happens? Oh, Rutgers lacrosse is in the final four. So I actually watched it. I went against my, now, Rutgers lacrosse was good all year. I choose one game to watch. They got smoked. They played lousy. Cornell blew them off the field. And then I make uh, I make another mistake of, oh, Rutgers baseball is in the Big Ten championship, you know, for the first time, blah, blah, blah. I watched that game. They're supposed to – every guy on the team's batting 490, and Michigan smokes them. And so then I'm, like, bummed out. And I'm, like, oh, I'm getting bummed out by Rutgers lacrosse. Picture on Michigan ridiculous. got ejected. Was that against Rutgers? Did he get ejected for foreign no, substance that was in that a game, game? That was a game before. Oh, okay. uh, so, you know, I was just like, what, what's going on? So, again, just a shout out to um, 
things in Texas, uh, which, which, and, and, uh, also a shout out, uh, um, to the, even though I'm mocking out lacrosse and baseball, both teams had a very good season. Rutgers baseball got screwed by not making the NCAA tournament, but I'm told by some people that it was kind of, they didn't really be, it was a weird thing. They might not have deserved to be there. So that's that. Lacrosse team uh, loses in the Final Four. Baseball loses in the Big Ten. Their season's over, but they got a lot of young kids. It should be fun there. Um, but let's get to the Ranger game. So I had to bartend last night. Memorial Day weekend. There wasn't that many people in there. I conned the owner into putting the audio for the Ranger game on because he, he doesn't like to do that. He made money off the jukebox. So, But I'm like, it's game seven, Rangers. We got to do this. And I was able to listen and watch and pour some drinks and have a good time. And what was great about it was definitely by far the greatest game seven if you had a bar working because the game was never in doubt. Rangers dominated from the beginning. There was a little stretch there where maybe they, you know, uh, would look like, oh, they're going to maybe blow it. And then they just kicked the shit out of them. And that was that. It was an enjoyable game seven. Uh, Rangers are fun to watch. Um, uh as I went on the first series, I kept on saying the goalie played lousy against the Penguins, but man, Igor showed up for this series and he was a dominant, dominant force. I'm told he's a generational goalie. I don't know how true that is. All well, I know is up in, Tampa Bay's got a really good goalie too. He's probably like well known yeah, as means, the prototypical best goalie in, in the league, but now the Igor is the new blood. So it's a great matchup in that regard. Yeah, and, and, and I, I I have the belief in the NHL when there's four teams left, uh, anybody can win it. Yeah, you, you're playing on and the Rangers, the Rangers, you can't count them out. They were down three one, then they were down three two. Right. You know? can't count them out. And listen, everybody knows in hockey, if you have a great goalie, I, I remember a couple seasons where there's been goalies that weren't all that great during they got hot during the playoffs. Next thing you know, you're winning four, right? You know. So uh, I can't wait for the it, it's giving me something to enjoy. In life, we cling to sports. Now, um, Jimmy Palumbo is enjoying hockey. I enjoy watching the games. They're crazy. Um, we can talk about the Yankees. Now, I listen, the guy on, uh, what's his name, Walls on the Tampa Bay said the Yankees are very beatable. And everybody got on him. And I'm thinking, well, every Yankee fan I know is thinking the same thing. Uh, we have the best record in baseball. It's awesome. They're a good team, but when you watch the games, it's like, what's our record? Uh, I just there's some, I'm hung up on these stats, and I wrote them down actually. Um, and uh, number one, you know, everybody's evil evil man is uh, Gallo. He's batting two one sixty seven. But the you guy think who people I still like Gallo, nobody likes Gallo. No, well, he's I said he's the evil one. But you know who I th- you know I think stinks bigger is Rizzo. Sorry, hasn't gotten a hit in a month. Um, all his hits were the first three weeks of the season. He's batting 213. He, he stinks. And then you got, you know, LeMayhu. Everybody loves LeMayhu. He's batting 250. That's Bucky Dent territory. Uh, Donaldson, yeah, tough player. Yeah, yeah, Jackie, yeah. He's batting 233. Uh, it got, uh, Higgy, Igashioka, he's a classic. He's If you Google when the backup plays every day, it's a picture of him. He's batting 164, rule number 71 in Jimmy Plumbo's book. If your batting average is lower than Joey Gallo, you really stink, okay? Then you got this guy Carpenter, looks like a porn star from the 70s. He's batting 111. So 
And even Torres, everybody's like, Glaber Day. Look at Glaber Day. He's doing really well. 243. I, you know, the, only, the thing is, our pitching staff is unbelievable. Uh, Holmes' ERA is 0. 0.036. And as a team, it's 295 ERA. Uh, that's really the difference. But when you watch the, these Yankees, like, I, I just feel like we're in for one of those. They've lost 11 out of 13. I just don't feel it with this team at all. Um, they, they just don't put the ball in play. And in the playoffs, when you can really manage your bullpen against the Yankees, they're not. I don't think they're going to win a round in the playoffs. And I also think this six-game lead, five-game lead they have, by 4th of July, it'll be, they're going to be a game in or a game out. i just not feeling it. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just I love the home run stuff. You know I do. And John Carlo's not in the lineup, which makes them so human now. And um, I just, I just think there's something got real weird with this Yankee team. I don't think they hit enough. I just don't. Quality at bats, ne- never. And you disagree. I mean, I don't disagree wholeheartedly. I think you're you're not looking at the way the whole league is. Like pitching is up, hitting is down across baseball. So you're looking at some of the batting averages and like guys like Glaber and things like that. And they're sacrificing because that's the way the game is being played now. They're sacrificing uh, line drives for fly balls. And like the Yankees right now are very happy with the the progress Glaber's made since last year. So there is some positives and there is some guys with timely hits, which is very important. It's a good pitching and timely hitting is the recipe. It always has been. It's just like, I want to see that recipe take place down the line. We have to sustain these injuries that were, you knew were coming. It was only a matter of time. The Stanton thing worries me because he's missed significant time in the last, in the last couple of years with a calf strain or ankle, whichever you want to call it. They don't even know what to call it. So that is a little worrisome. But as far as like the, the team as a whole, batting average wise, they're not great. But if you look across baseball, nobody is. So except for a couple teams, but they're also not pitching well. Like the like Red the Sox, Red Sox, I'd rather have the Yankees pitching than the Red Sox lineup at this I point. I get it. I get it. But you know, so uh, you I know, just, I'm happy with where we're at, but I agree that there is oh, some, something pending. First of all, first of and I also of don't really, I don't really trust Aaron Boone, which you didn't bring up. I think something about that, the Aaron Boone thing. He hasn't been able to get us over the hump, and he's had really good teams and really good opportunities to do so. I think he's done a great job up to this point, but the real season starts when you have to manage the lineup and the, the injuries and the know. bullpen starts uh, to get tired. We'll see. But I feel like, you know, when you know the injuries the are starting to pile up. And when you watch the Yankees, you feel like you're watching CNN or Fox News. It's just like, ugh. You, know, who's you up can't now? gloss over uh, Jose Trevino. The, he's a good story. The guy that's kind of taken Higgy's spot, and he kind of took that job from him, and he's playing well. He's what a great he catcher. Wait, wait, he's a good he guy, good story. Huh? Yeah, he's got a good story. but You know what I want to hear? You know what I want of the Yankees? I want to hear not a good story, not batting a nice guy. Yeah, batting 320. Uh, he's posting stuff on Twitter of like naked women or something like that. And everybody hates so, him. And so basically what you're, all you're saying right now is I that want Yankees should give Aaron judge $500 million. Well, this is what you're saying, because uh, if you look at what's, uh, what's going right for the Yankees, you could look no further than the judge, big man right judge there. Is, he's batting 309 and Stanton's batting uh, 285. They're, 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 they're by far. And judge has like, 20 dingers. Judge is hitting the ball. Well, Judges a stud. He's having a great season until he gets hurt. Um, and uh, you know, it's it's. I mean, even Lemayhu, he's two fifty. Stink. I like, I and I, I'll know. tell you who else I like. IKF. He plays good shortstop. He comes up with big hits in big spots. He runs the bases well. Very mistake-free baseball. He's never going to hurt you. That's what I like about that okay. guy. But okay. he's not going to be the star of the team. He's batting eighth. So 
you know, we got, we're getting no good way. production else, from the eight guy. He's batting ninth. He's batting ninth. No, I mean, Gallo has to bat ninth. That's why. Can you imagine if you're Gallo? What, what do you even, what does he say in the clubhouse? Guys, just bat me ninth. I mean, he's batting ninth and he's batting one. Yeah, I don't know. It's oh gotta, something's got to anyway. give soon. There's only so many times you could yeah, say, they, they you know, just eventually it'll come around. Yeah. He's really, it's I, very I, rare that you see a guy play himself out of a job. I've never like, seen out of this a career is the worst? as fast this is as the he worst? is. This is the worst name player who is playing this bad that I've ever witnessed. I mean, well, I'm like, confused by what, what people expected from Gallo, though. He's a career. Well, I'm I, saying, well, like, he's a career. Okay. Large body of work, 211 hitter. So we're getting okay, what we paid but for. See, you're missing my point, though. So he's his career average is 211, and he's batting 40 points below that, which means you – like, who's playing left field on the AAA Yankee team? I want to interview – matter of fact, I'm going to have my crack staff here find out who's playing left field for the AAA Yankees, and I'm going to interview his dad. Okay, some 22-year-old kids playing left field in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Okay, and like, hey, how's your son doing? Oh, well, uh, he should be starting for the major league team, but he's not because they got this guy Gallo there. Like, I bet the left fielder on the Yankees Triple H is quitting today. What's what's the point, Dad? I'm quitting. I'm I'm batting 300, and they got Gallo there, and they're not bringing me up. And I don't know. I don't understand this. 167. My buddy Mike Rowan thinks he can bat 167. He's 55 years old, 56, however old is my age. Anyway, all right, enough about that. Uh, we didn't get a hit, so, just so we're clear. Not yeah, even one hit. You know what? It'd be him and get him and Gallo be neck and neck. Matter of fact, I I don't even think Gallo would be good on my softball team. Oh no, that's not true. He'd be great. Yeah, I'd totally sign Gallo. I really would. I always wanted to sign every Cecil single Fielder. pitch would be over the fence if Gallo played. Oh, it'd be great. I would love him. So if Corona Construction starts playing softball again, um, he's Gallo has an open invitation any given time. And imagine that we'll get maybe Giancarlo when he retires with the gray hair. I'm aging Gallo here. You'll probably um, get Bartolo Colon to play right now. Oh, he'd be great too. All the fat, I love all the fat guys. Um, anyway, uh, NBA Finals, I could care less. Um, uh, Celtics versus, uh, you know what it is? I hate the Celtics. I don't like any Boston teams. Never have. Um, and although I like the way they play and I also don't really like the Golden State Warriors, but now for some reason, Curry is coming around on me now. Cause I feel like there's been this Duran and, and, uh, um, LeBron and this whole thing. And there's this little guy over there in, in Golden State who just hits threes every five seconds. And he did not leave his team. They kind they came to him, um, and they play well all the time. And, uh, what's so I'm rooting for Golden State only yeah, because Golden State's sixth. It's their sixth finals appearance in the last eight seasons. Steph Curry has made the postseason eight times in his career, and six of them they went to the finals. I mean, legacy yeah, speaks he, for he, itself. You might yes, not put Steph Curry I, above certain guys like a KD in terms of your all-time list, but when you're talking, if he wins a fourth ring, legacy, one spot, oh, his whole yeah. career, yeah, I gotta give greatest it to shooter and, ever. And, the fact, and, and, and everyone knows that the Knicks came one pick away. They wanted him. And can you imagine? If, and I truly believe. If Curry was on the Knicks, there's those dumb people that go, no, 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 the Knicks would have screwed it up. Uh, no. <laughs> if Curry, who, whoever team Curry went to, I think would have ended up like the way they are. Because you can build around a guy who can shoot from half court, three-pointers. Um, and so the Knicks missed him by one pick, piece of shit. Um, so I'm rooting for them, but nobody really cares. But, of course, uh, we have a – back to my sponsor – 
which is cornholelevel.com. That's right, here at Shea. Now, look, my buddy, Mike Caprio, has uh, invented this thing. And what it does, it levels your cornhole uh, board. You hook this on like that. It's got the little bubble in the middle, like a level, and you go this way, that way, to and fro, and up and down, and all like you're like you're half in a bag, drunk at down in Manasquan at Leggett's. And you get the once you get the bubble in the middle, your cornhole board is ready to roll. So these things are normally $19.95 for a pair for both boards. But if you type in JP Show when you go to cornholelevel.com you get a whopping 20% off. Or if you put in Chop Sports, you also get 20% off. So that's an exciting thing. You got to check this out. He's going to be at our uh, barbecue, which is June 24th. 6th, June 26th. June 26th over at Merrill Park. <laughs> Merrill Park. We used to play softball there years ago. Um, do they still have that zoo at Merrill Park down there with the, um, with the they with used the horse to have, I don't know if they still have the zoo. I know Katie, the, the blind horse that was there passed away recently because my niece is okay, feeding carrots to, to Katie, but yeah, I don't know if yeah, they, yeah, that yeah. they held the zoo in place until the horse passed and then they just kind of got rid of it because I can't imagine it's still there, but they did a lot we of things. To the park. I, you know what? I'm going to send the last time I've been there when I look at the overhead view. So I don't think there's still like, a zoo though. There's still a gazebo. I'm going to be like News 12. And um, what is that right there? Yeah, I was, I was waiting for you to finish. So we want to remind you guys, we are live. So if you put a question, comment, concern in the comment section, we could bring it up and, and address it today. So uh, your daughter's tuning in and she says you look handsome. Oh, I got my suit on. Well, thank you, Natalie. Um, and I got, uh, I know, I think they just got a cornhole board. Yeah. So I have one ready for you, Nat. It's in the car. So you could level your board which will be fun for this holiday season getting involved here. Um, I know you're on your way to a doctor's appointment. I hope that goes well for you, which I know it will. And um, thank you for tuning in on your iPhone. Um, and uh, what else we got here? Uh, la, 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 la. She says she's got corn. You guys got cornhole and she said, love you. So there there you, go. you go. All right. Shout out. She's with uh, Nat's with her mom on the way to the doctor. Thanks for taking her there. I couldn't make it today because I'm live here on the air. So that's it, cornholelevel.com. And um, you got to check this thing out. It's really small. It's really tiny. And it hooks right on the hole. That sounds kind of weird. Hooks on the hole. Um, and uh, I got to come up like I I, I say about uh, absolute, you know, when you leave there, you don't feel like a jerk off. I got to come up with a, a phrase for this cornhole thing. Cornhole level, hooks on the hole or something like that. We got to come up with something. And, of course, everyone knows that um, – uh, when we get to the barbecue, all I need is 20 minutes and I'm as good as anybody there because um, I'm convinced, like pickleball, if you play for about 20 minutes, you're as good as everybody at the event. Um, that's another thing I got to talk about, pickleball. I've been playing pickleball with some of these people. And you get these people, especially the women, they, they've been playing pickleball for four months and all of a sudden they think they're like, you know, uh, Venus and Serena. It's like this game is not that hard. Everybody calm down. There's a few people that are really good. The younger kids, some of the 25-year-old kids are really good because they're fast, they're in shape, they're ready to go. Everybody else is lumped in. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like the NCAA tournament. Anybody can win the damn thing. But there are a few players that are very good. But I'm fat and old, and I hold, I hold my own. Then I get bored, and I start messing around. I want to have fun. I had some lady yell at me. Um, 
I'm on the court and I was whacking him pretty hard, you know, and she's like, okay, is that all you do is hit it hard? Can you please use the drop shot? That's the proper way to play. And I'm looking at this lady. I'm like, Hey lady, you've been hitting balls into the net all day. And I'm, and I'm better than you. So like to me, it was like, no, I was, you know what? I got a little, just like I was disrespected at shop sports a few times. I got disrespected on the pickleball court, Chris. I well, was not I would happy. Be, if somebody told me, asked me to stop hitting the ball hard, I'd be like, I'd be like, it's coming at you a little bit harder the next time. So you got to be yeah. careful now, with what you wish Keep in mind, for. there is there is a change of speed at pickleball, and the really good players do what's called a dink, where they just tap it over the net. And believe me, it's effective as hell. I'm not so great at that yet. I'm getting there. I just got a new paddle, um, and. But don't get me wrong, like, yeah, you could do that, and the good players do it. Uh, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm that good in pickleball, but, like, it's just not that hard of a – it's not golf. It's not softball. It's not even, like, darts. Like, you could play darts for two hours at a bar and not get kneeled. Or, you know, and you still suck, right? Um, but certain sports, like cornhole and pickleball, are just not that hard, man. You know what I mean? So um, – but that doesn't mean you shouldn't go to cornholelevel.com and get yourself a – attached to the hole. I think the, like, the objective buddy. isn't to make cornhole really hard. It's like, well, it's there for the, you're playing it when you're drinking and having fun. And it's still, it's not hard, but you're still not going to be better than the, the people that play cornhole. Trust me. There's something to it. I could show you videos right, where there's well, like eight year old. I'll be that, better than you. I'll be better than you. Well, we're going to have to see. That's the beauty <laughs> of this. The beauty of this is that like, I'm, I don't like to talk about it. I'll, I'm very confident. I like to talk about it. My, with a lot of these things. But we're going to find out because we have a, a pickleball. I mean, we have, well, we could even be, I'll beat you in pickleball right now too. And I've never played it, but cornhole, to me, we're going to have a cornhole set up there and we'll go. We'll put a little, a beat, little friendly wager. I will beat you in tennis and I'll beat you in pickleball. You know what? To be yeah. honest with you though, you probably have just good a chance of, you have a better chance of beating me in pickleball than tennis. Um, I, I got to see, I got to see what your wind is like. Put you in a blender a little bit. You know, I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying that I'm a great tennis player, but I'm. I'm a, I could play tennis. So you can't. You know. Me tennis. Um. All right. So that's it. Cornholelevel.com. JP Show or Chop Sports. Put in a little code there. Get twenty percent off. Is that? Uh, that's my long a live read. For that thing. Mm -hmm. Mike Caprio, my good friend, my second baseman, who replaced Mitch Fishman for Cornholelevel.com. Um. You know, I'm watching his first lady show. Um. It's so awesome. I can't get enough of Michelle Pfeiffer playing Betty Ford. I love the way they're showing her how she was drinking in between uh, meetings and everything like that. Um, it's just an awesome show. And Eleanor Roosevelt, I didn't know a lot of that stuff. And, um, of course, uh, Michelle uh, Obama, which they're, they're giving, what's her name, the actress who's slipping my name right now, they're giving her shit for the way she's moving her lips around. She's doing this thing like this. When she talks, it's, it's really offsetting. And I and supposedly she's getting ripped on it now. It's like a weird portrayal of uh, Michelle Obama. Um, but I like the way the guy portrays uh, Barack Obama. Uh, I think it's a great show. Uh, this week, we also had a big audition for, uh, I can't really name the show. This would be a game changer for me. It's always good. I call them game changer auditions. I had a big audition. I couldn't do it here at Undefeated Media because they couldn't be bothered. So I had to do it old school. I just love throwing people under the bus. Yes. It's so great. I, uh, Doug had other things to do. Um, so I did it at home with my buddy Dave, which was nice because we were able to have a cocktail or two afterwards. And um, this is, you know, what I, you know what it is? Sometimes in life, and everybody talks about enjoy the journey. 
I'm sure you've heard this, Chris. You know, you, 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 both of you guys starting these media companies and you know making a run at it. It's all, it's all great. But you know, people say enjoy the journey. You know, but sometimes though, like second and third, two out in the ninth inning, you know, there's no journey. Get a base hit, you win the game. And it, certain times in life, uh, when you guys have meetings to to get uh, more sponsors or uh, you know uh, money making uh, ventures that you're involved with, you you got to close the guy. Like it's just you can enjoy the journey. <laughs> it's like I don't want to hear about the journey. And then with second and third with two out, I hit a chopper to second. Yeah, I enjoy the, the good parts the of the journey, but but like when I fall flat on my face, like I'm not enjoying that. It might make the right. good stuff I, more worth it or like, feel so better, but no. This There's audition no- is one of those. I just this is one where I got to hit a rope off the, off the wall to lead off the ninth, um, or even hit it out completely. So we'll see what happens there. Is this a standing um, show I, already? It already exists, or is this a new? No, it's a new show. I can't even. I'm not going to mention anything else. I really can't. Okay. Uh, it's it's uh, people know of the the show's not on the air yet, but they know of it. Uh, I'll put it that way. Um, of course, my buddy Joe Matteris has been busting my balls saying I don't post properly um we had a we had a discussion about what success means today i got i got a joe i apologize if i got on you a little bit because it was like you know um uh, uh it's hard to figure out uh, what success is sometimes you know what i mean and uh but I, I i told joe that i'm 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 in bed now with this undefeated media as well and chop sports and everybody's growing and everybody's young and we're moving along. We're heading upwards and I'm learning a little bit more about social media, even though I don't understand it. Um, uh, what really has to do. And, uh, I love you, Joe. And, and I, I do appreciate you giving me pointers and stuff. Um, and Joe's a great stand up, and hopefully we're going to be doing tons of shows together because he's funny as hell and I'll, I'll take the paycheck. Um, so I don't know if Joe, you're listening, but God bless America. Um, uh, I got a big stand-up show tomorrow. It is overbooked, sold out completely over at the um, – why do I keep on – Stone and uh, Rail. I can't name it. The place slips me. Stone and Rail in Glen Rock. Shows at 745. I'm nervous, bro. I don't know why. You know what it is? There's going to be like 25 to 35 people in the audience. or maybe even like There's going to be tons of people that I know in the audience, and I hate that because like – when they know you, and so you feel like they're judging you different. I just wish I was in Iowa doing stand-up. I did stand-up last week um, in the middle of nowhere at this lake, and nobody knew who I was, and I was comfortable. And now when you know people, it's like you got to get wor- It can't be worse than the Abinell feeling, though, like going back home home and having maybe 200 yeah. people you know that what? know you. You know what? It is. It's worse. I'll tell you why. Those Avenel people, I love them. They're my old school people. But, like, I don't – I was nervous that I didn't want to shit the bed in front of them, and then – and then they could only ah Jimmy Palumbo came back and he stunk. But I don't see them every day. I'm gonna I see these people. Yeah, and I want to do well in front of them, you know. But I don't know Bergen Bergen County, the over fifty crowd in Bergen County, bro. You're talking about Ridgewood and Franklin Lakes and Wyckoff and Ramsey. <laughs> that's that's you know it's not exactly uh uh, uh yeah, I got I don't know I just I don't know what it is. Maybe it's in my head. But I'll I will. Uh, I think you'll be all right. Use the, I will you know, harness the pressure and get a base hit. Nobody's yeah, asking I just, for I know. I just went, I wasn't nervous last week, but this time I'm a little nervous. I got to uh, just write. I, what I usually do is I write down my set list. I listen to a bunch of shows. And um, and then from there, I, uh, you know, I, I figure it all out. Then I just got to go. Then I usually con myself about two hours before the show. I say to myself, Jimmy, what are you doing? Go up there 
and talk for 45 minutes. You've been talking your whole life and have some fun, have a couple beers and go home. That's it. Nobody cares. You're not going to get discovered in Glen Rock, New Jersey. And of course, Doug and the undefeated media crack team are going to be there. Yeah. Brandon and Conrad Dobler. And um, Absolutely. we're going to be shooting some pregame uh, before. We, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to come up with some funny stuff and uh, that kind of thing. I'm also um, now, look, the bottom line is this. I finally finished the second volume, 600 pages of my The Big Crosby biography, which I know Chris loves hearing about this. It ended up, I'm up to 1946. That's when the second book ended. They didn't write the third book yet, although it supposedly might come out. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, just an incredible star, this guy. I know everybody knows him from the guy who sings White Christmas, but this guy, you know, I didn't realize what he did. And I don't care if I'm boring people to death. This is my show. Um, Everybody knows is Bob Hope is the guy who did all the USO tours, you know, and the army and all that stuff. Bing Crosby was like all over it. I don't know if he was trying to escape his marriage or escape his kids or whatever he was doing. He was in Europe for months. He did shows in every city, barnstorming tours, raising war bonds. He was a really big player in that arena. And it's a shame that people forget um, how much those people really, uh, really did for the, the war effort. It's incredible. So I finished that book and I decided to start another one. And this is something, Chris, you're probably a little too young, but you might know this or you'll get a kick out of it anyway. My dad had a buddy. It's so funny. My, my dad, first of all, he was friends with the guy, uh, uh, Joe Rizzo, who was the guy with the fruit in the fruit stand episode of Seinfeld. Um, so that's a funny little thing you knew. But he's also friends with a guy named Mickey Crowley. Do you know that name, Mickey Crowley? He was mm -hmm. a big, as big as you can get, NCAA ref. He ref the Michigan Seton Hall game. He ref the, the last one was Duke, I think maybe Duke. Duke, North Carolina finals. Did they play one year in the finals or Duke, Kentucky, whatever it was. Um, he was like all the Big East tournaments, all the games at the Garden, all the Jordan and and uh, Patrick Ewing and uh, the St. John's games. He did them all. Uh, and he was my dad's friend. He's still alive, lives down in North Carolina. But he wrote a book about all his, you know, his whole career. Um, and he sent it to me. And I, I started reading it, but I put it away. I had other stuff going on. So I started reading that one. And I'm completely enjoying it. It's not a very big book and it's written in very simple terms. Um, but it also mentions the Queens Alliance the some of the teams that my dad coached played with him. He played on my dad's baseball teams. And, uh, but it's also a really cool article about this, is what you would love is a book. I would actually, I'm going to give to you. I think you'll get a kick out of it about how to handle the coaches and how to like be, you got to be a people person. You can't, you know, guys are yelling at you. You got to give them their space. And I, this is something I don't think the current crop of referees do very well. Um, you know, you, you make a tough call and a, and, and a legendary coach is ripping on you. You got to let them go a little bit. And then you got to There's got to be a way where you say, hey, that's it. All right. OK, let it go. And then you give him the T if he doesn't you know, stop from there. But um, he was very good at doing that. He was also very animated when balls went out of bounds and offensive fouls, he would like snap the back of his head and, you know, make it real. Um, but he was a big time ref and he was uh, my uncle and my father's good buddy. And I'm reading his book and I'm, you know, to me, it's like uh, when I'm reading this Bing Crosby and this Mickey Crowley book, I don't know. It's like, I'm reading, I feel like my dad's sitting next to me and I'll read certain parts and I'll be like, Oh, I wish my father was here because he didn't realize how big his buddy was, you know, in terms of uh, college basketball. Um, so it's like, uh, I feel like I'm, you know, reading about somebody, learning, and, uh, you know, thinking about my dad a little bit. So um, 
you know, that's it on that point. So I can't believe you don't know who this guy is at all, huh, Chris? Zip. I'm sure if I, I saw a picture of, of the guy, I would know him from a billion highlights. Yeah, but he he would. How old were you in 1990? You know what? A good ref, bro. A really good ref. He he does what he does and he stands out maybe in the highlight, but you don't know him. And it's like that's when he's well, doing his he's, job, doesn't make it about what, him. So that's that's his the whole perfect thing compliment is that I could give. It's like if I saw his face, I'd be like, I know that guy, but I don't know him because the ref shouldn't make the game about him. And that, that was his whole thing. His whole thing was the ref shouldn't be part of the story. Yep. And so I there you go. Some baseball umps that are that way. Um Joe also <laughs> I, I know I look I look official today. Um we can talk about this because this is something that um, we always talk about Colonia High School. Obviously, they're having some issues there with uh, radon and this, that, and the other thing, which, by the way, they, they ruled that there's nothing there. I don't know. I hope they find something so they can figure out, maybe help the situation and to make sure no one gets it further with this cancer stuff and tumors. But uh, the uh, Woodbridge Township, specifically Colonia High School family, and a friend of my family lost a legend, a legendary coach. Mr. Stu Jago passed away last week. He's been sick for a little bit. Um, I think he was 66 years old. Stewie was a great guy. On top of the stands with the headphones on, ran the wire underneath the stands to, to Patsy Barbado to run the offensive plays. He could see it from a little higher up. I think, I think now most of the high school coaches do it that way. But back then it was rare. He was also a wrestling coach early on. I think he coached my brother in wrestling for a little bit. He, uh, But his main claim to fame is he was a softball coach. Now, when he coached the Colonia High School, the, the Colonia softball team, they were studs. They were, they were always very, very good. And um, they won a couple of county championships. He sent a couple of girls D1. He created a family with his wife uh, of softball. Like It was very family-oriented with the players, um, making sure they felt part of a team. And he was really good at developing a stud pitcher. Every three or four years, there was somebody on Colonia throwing bullets. Um, but the cool thing was I ended up te sub-teaching over at Woodbridge High. And I don't know what happened. He got he got traded, I guess, to Woodbridge High School. And he took over the Woodbridge uh, women's so, uh, girls softball team. And they had won like four games in 10 years, something like that. And I remember joking around like, ah, Stu, man, you got a rough, you got a rough time. He's like, don't worry. I got a system. And like two years later, they were like playing for the county. Yeah. You know, they were like much better. Um, probably around the time. Nah, Dave's a little too young for that, but um, they, uh, he was just a great coach. And also we knew him from the town and he used to have coffee in the morning with my dad after he retired from teaching. And um, he also was at all the tailgates at the uh, Rutgers games, sitting with me and my brother and my cousin Joey and my buddy uh, Hank Hidocker, who he was close with. Um, and his sons were always there, Chris and his other his brother. And um, he just was always there, man. He knew about Rutgers. He knew about – he was a big fan of New Jersey guy. You know, he knew about Rutgers. He knew about uh, – this, he knew a lot about coaching. I had many conversations yeah. with him in the last 10 years about what it's like to really coach high school kids today. What, what, you know, what Greg Schiano has to deal with, what high school coaches deal with um, certain play calling and stuff. He would talk about strategies when he was a, uh, what he would tell kids and stuff. And on Facebook, it's just blown up. I mean, people are, Oh my God, uh, he was my coach 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And it's just all these wonderful things. Um, so uh, I know when my dad passed away, there was a lot of people that did that for me. And um, I know Stu had a lot of friends, good guy, a great coach. I believe he's, I'm, I'm blowing this, but I think he's in the New Jersey Hall of Fame 
of coaching, high school coaching, Hall of Fame, whatever. I don't know what the hell they call it, but he's in some kind of Hall of Fame for coaching in New Jersey, which is pretty wild. But he passed away. Um, he was sick there for the last, uh, I guess, last year, six, seven months. And um, so uh, thoughts and prayers to his family. And I'm going to go to the wake tonight because it's the only time I can go. I got shows and stuff, so I'm going to go there tonight. So really, that's the main reason why, besides looking adorable for Chris, because uh, I like to look good in front of Chris. So Chris looks at me. He's like, wow, look at Jimmy. He's successful. I was like, I didn't get look the memo that. today. You could have told me I would have put on a collar or something. But. Well, you know, uh, I wanted to surprise you. So I'm dressed to go to a wake for Stu Jago. God bless you. And um, you know what? I think that's really the end of our show. Um, Chris, you got uh, how are things going on at uh, Chop Sports? I did not hear your show this morning. Everything good there? Yeah, everything is going well. We got into a heated debate over Ezekiel Elliott yet again. Dave bumping him up in his head, and I'm putting him right. back down where he belongs. And, well, you you and know, if you want to tune into that, it, it does get a little heated. And when me and Dave go at it, it is fun. So if not today, tomorrow we're live at 11, Monday through Friday, every every weekday. We took yep. off you yesterday. I went to Tiki Bar. Sometimes I join in. Maybe, I went to Tiki um, Bar yesterday and, like, learned tiki, early and often that I should not be drinking at 12 noon in 95-degree weather. Yeah, yesterday was a little sticky. It's sticky today too. Yeah, I'm. I'm my, going uh, me and my buddy bit. Tommy Plinio, who owns a bar down a uh, down a uh, the down by Forked River, called like the Forked Pine River, Tart, yeah, Pine Tar Tavern. Uh, we used to joke the guys who drink like on Tuesday after three day weekends. Those are the pros. Like if you drink all weekend on a holiday, you're just an amateur. It's the guy who drinks that Tuesday. Like when I used to bartend on Tuesday nights, I used to love after a big weekend, right? Beautiful day, 90 degrees all weekend. Everybody's at barbecues. And then around 7 o'clock Tuesday night, there's a guy in the bar. Yeah, like you get you get your real – the power hitters walk in. It's like, no, no, we're <laughs> we're consistent. We're here today. We're I'm going to gonna, gonna knock in three runs right now. Yeah, there's no holiday weekend there. But I know – I haven't been down the shore in a while. I'll be down there 4th of July. But I'm going to try to scoot down um, down to my brother's shore house in Seager. And my mother's getting better from COVID. My mm. prayers were answered a little bit. She finally got out yesterday. She's a little banged up. Uh, and a shout out to uh, uh, my daughter's grandfather who has been, been uh, some health things. And he bounced back a little bit. So everybody's, everybody's bouncing back. Um, I just wish things were happier, you know, with the world. I just, you can't watch the news and, then you get. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, I know when the Packers yeah, look. Look, I, I, I have I have issue too with the headlines that I'm seeing. Like what took place is obviously a terrible situation, and it needs to be talked about. But the way people go about it, and the way that the news media approaches it, it's like I don't yeah. want to hear. I understand that you need to make it real and, and understand like the, the scope of it, but you know, I think I could do that on my own. I don't need to read the day after like a father's quote. I don't believe half of the sensationalism that they come out with that. Like people, yeah, yeah. when they go on their social media, it's like, it's hard for me to even process it or not, not process it. It's like, they just fling it in your face at any given moment. So you could be having a good day and like, Oh, the Yankees won. And then all of a sudden like you're scrolling and it's like, boom, the headline right. reads like, I didn't even get, I don't want no, to read it. I don't want to say it. And then, you know, the, the it's, stock it's very, it's, it's very hard. It's, it's hard to like maintain a, st a stable have, mood. It's hard to be, uh, you start feeling guilty. Like you were saying about like if the Yankees win and then they're, you're, you're like, how the fuck could I care about that? And you start feeling guilty about but things. But in life, my, my thing is like, I just have to, 
everyone has to just compartmentalize and then, you know, put thought into the right. things that need thought. I mean, listen, but then also the for your own is, sanity, you have to enjoy yourself. Otherwise, what are we no doing? No matter how happy things get, we, we always have the Knicks to bring us right back down to reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, there uh, you go. I also have, you know, Rutgers football. And we, uh, as we talked about the, the pending doom that, that awaits the Yankees in about a month or yes. two. But I, I, I know, I know you're too smart, and you're, you're, you could be cynical as hell. And I know, I'm not saying you're predicting it, but I know you see. I get the feeling you're the kind of guy that peeked down in the engine room, and you see some water coming in. You're like, all right, we got the pumps going, but there's water coming in the engine room. For the yeah, the the thing that I do well though in this regard is that I look at all of the other ball clubs around, and there's water, there's damage to the hole on a lot of these teams too, and it's yeah, a, a matter of like. Are the Yankees going to make the move? Look, there's guys available. Are we going to make a move for a reliever? Are we going to get a lefty that could replace Gallo in left field? Like these are the questions that I want to ask Brian Cashman. But if you're looking at the track Yankee record, is there a veteran that they could sign? No, but there's going to be some guys available. Note, Gardner doesn't count. We can't sign Gardner. Well, you know he's not the guy. No. On my last note, it's just a bus balls. These Met fans, all they care about is that they're better than the Yankees. Just why don't you just win your division? But they're and not winning the playoffs. They're, they're, like they're, we, right now, the Mets, the crazy. Mets as constructed right now, are definitely in a better situation than the Yankees for two oh. reasons. One, like you I'm look at the Mets and the Yankees situation, it's like right now, it's the Yankees are are fairly healthier than the Mets are, at least in the pitching regards go. But the Mets have two built-in Cy Young caliber pitchers that are gonna return to that team. The Yankees don't have that right now. So they don't have that right. built-in boost. And the Mets are clearly in a position where their owner is willing to spend the money. And over right. the last five years, the Yankees haven't been willing to do that. So and, and another another thing about the Mets is, you know, listen, it's it's April and May. This is their time. This is April, yeah, May, yeah, and June yeah. is the Mets but, time. And I think that we you could know, agree on it's this. It's 97 degrees and I'm at the you could agree on, You could agree on this one too. Um Buck Showalter is the perfect guy to break that culture about you know, August oh, and them. Buck Showalter. Buck Showalter's. Yeah. I feel like the Yankees really dropped the ball by not by not making a push. You might for be him. right. You might be right. But you know what? I can't. When is the first Yankee Mets uh, Subway Series? Got to be probably mid June. It usually is like mid June. So I would That's imagine a fun. month away. I, yeah, I, I, it's gonna be I'm, good. I'm, That's gonna be good this year. I, I'm excited be for fun. it. It'd be yeah, be really yeah, shitty to get the losing end of that one. All right. Well, this show went on a little long. Um, but listen, Chris, have a good week, and uh, shout out to my boy Doug, who's helped me out. Um, trying to make me a star, and uh, hey, we'll see. Actually, we're gonna, we might have a guest next week. We really, yeah. I usually say very special guest, but we might have a guest. I may do something next week that's very odd. I may have a guest, and I don't know why he should be on the show. So I'm gonna, that's my new thing, Chris. I'm gonna have guests that you know mean nothing to me are we allowed you? to are we allowed to give a little teaser here or are we gonna do we need um, more confirmation he's uh, he's uh i wouldn't yeah because no. i don't really know if he's gonna we gotta make sure he's able to make it <laughs> i think he's gonna make it and he's into i'll give you he's kind of into maybe baseball card world a little bit but that's just okay you don't that's know good. Who he is, he's not that's good card, i'll, you know I'll probably be able to assist you in that interview because i have some i have some knowledge about that there you go. I used so to get baseball have, cards from fun. from Jimmy Palumbo's dad in playing basketball after shoveling snow, bro. That's like, it. This so is, you this you're my you're my uh, baseball card expert now. Yeah. So I'll let you know off camera if uh, he's going to be on. We're going to try something. Just uh, I want to have a guest. It's, we haven't had a guest in a while. Yeah. And uh, Ralph Macho said he would do the show, but he's got COVID. I'm probably not supposed to announce that on the air, but yeah, get off the air. <laughs> you're letting all the beans out. Get off the air already. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I guess maybe I should. Or he's someone in his family had COVID. I don't know. Um, I might be getting that wrong too. And uh, oh, Chris is saying this part's gonna be. <laughs> Yo, shut it down, no. HIPAA, HIPAA, uh, shut it down. Yeah, what am I? Okay, I shouldn't have said that. Say goodbye. Oh. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. <laughs> See you. Bye. Oh my god. I just was telling the truth, but I don't know.